Welcome back to another episode of the Exterminatus Podcast, where change is always imminent and we talk about the biggest important things in the competitive scene when it comes to Warhammer 40,000. My name's Eric, with me is my co-host Robert. Hello. So yeah, uh, unexpectedly, our uh, podcasting recording software decided to do an update and we have no idea what's going on. So um, we're just going to wing it and uh, put you out the usual great content that we bring out week after week and uh, go from there. First, we got to say uh, our co-host Ray is celebrating a birthday this week. So happy birthday, right? Yeah, happy birthday, you old man. <laughs> yeah, so tell the story every time it's his birthday. I'm going to tell it again. If you notice, most of the uh, intro music as well as the uh, music we use between uh, commercials is uh, all Megadeth. And because um, Ray and I both really like Megadeth, and he was asking me once, What's your favorite album? And I told him, Oh, Peace Cells. It's the classic. And he just looks at me like, Yeah, that came out before I was born. So I was like, I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about some new stuff, stuff that came out before Ray, uh, after Ray was born. And after his birthday, which would be, we got some new models on the Warcom community page. Ray, uh, excuse me, Robert, what do we have this week? Well, I wish I had my beard, but these conversion beam carrying dwarves kind of shot it off. <laughs> yeah, those would be the uh, the Thunderkin. So, yes, say it with me now. Thunderkin. 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 Snarf, snarf. <laughs> no, 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 Eric, it's snarf, snarf. There we go. So I'm going to steal some of these, uh, the cat from uh, Yvrain and put that with my Votan so you can go around making that sound. <laughs> the other thing I have to laugh at their name is that you could literally call them the bros because they are the Brokir Thunder. Bro. Trust a bro, man. Trust but a yes. bro moving. Yeah, but yes, bro. looking at these things, um, I've seen some people make um, comparison to the Tesla weapons from Necrons with the shape. Yeah, it, it does exactly look like a Tesla carbine. Yes, it does. Except it's a lot chunkier, and it is very much a workhorse, as they point out in the article, compared to Mr. Fancy Character standing up on a rock. Did you notice they're wearing stilts? Mm-hmm. Those are definitely stabilizing. I had no idea until I was looking at that. I was like, what? They're on stilts. This is hilarious. Because <laughs> the first thing I want when I'm on stilts is to be firing a heavy weapon <laughs> with recoil. <laughs> So I think this is actually the first instance that we'll probably see of a unit, an infantry unit that ignores the heavy penalty because of the fact that these things remind me of Centurion. And Centurions in Space Marines have that same kind of thing where they ignore the heavy penalty, but they're really, really freaking slow. Right. So I agree with you there. Thundercats. Oh, yeah. Uh, great. And, and you know, if you also noticed, they are actually aren't holding the guns with their actual hands. They're using metal claws. I have to look at that again. No, I didn't notice that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But um, I think the more important thing from a little while ago, the internet kind of sneezed and it was also made out of blue fire. We got the, the first round of leaks for the Nurgle and Zinch stuff, which, by the way, the Chaos Codex, well, the Chaos Demons Codex goes up for pre order this Saturday. Oh, it finally was announced? I was looking for that. Okay. Yep, so we should see the Slanesh rules here in a while. A little bit. A little excess right before Friday. Yep. So, looking at the Nurgle stuff, because that is the oldest, the most rotten, it's fitting. The the Plague Bearers went up to Toughness 5 <laughs> and have an extra wound. So, they're, they're shooting at mini term, at mini Custodes because they they also have an extra attack. That's that's yeah. I'm not sure how that's explained, but okay. Yeah. And then the maybe they burp on you. Um, the the demon save though is a five plus and a four plus. So they're 
more prevalent to dying, but they last longer in close combat. So the same thing that Nurgle always did where they just stick there and don't die. And then we get to the big, ugly, I want to give you hugs. Oh, I hate those things. Yeah, Beast of Nurgle. Um, they now have a ballistic skill, so they can now sh vomit on you. And they went up to strength and toughness six with seven wounds. Oh my god, they're Talos. And they have six attacks. Oh. Um, they're literally a Talos stat line. That's ridiculous. Yep. They only move They only move five inches now instead of six. So, so I think Talos, Talos is a little faster. Yeah. Uh, the thing that makes me really, really upset is they still they have grotesque regeneration. At the end of each phase, if a model in this unit has lost any wounds but was not destroyed, it heals back up to full automatically. So I have a funny story about that. <laughs> oh, here we go. So there was a, a local player in our area, and I was and I was warned: be careful with this guy. He looks at his codex as a creative writing assignment. I'm like, okay, whatever, should be fine. And he had Nurglings and a Demon Prince and a whole bunch of Chaos Space Marines all meshed together into this concophony of a army list. So first thing, I smash into him with some assault units, and he goes, okay, well they have disgusting resilience. So okay. Didn't realize they were Death Guard. He told me they're Chaos Space Brain. Interesting. And so, and then the next thing was, um, so now that I've killed off his first wave, I start shooting stuff in his back lines. He goes, "Well, they're minus one the hit because they're Alpha Legion." All right, I'm very confused. You just told me they were Death Guard. No, I didn't. I said they're. They, well, you said they had disgusting resiliency. No, they uh, have Marker Nurgle. Well, at this edition of the Codex, they, at that point, Marker Nurgle just gives you the. Nurgle keyword. It doesn't give you <laughs> everything that's in the Death Guard Codex. Oh, uh, okay. So then I started attacking his Nurglings, which are holding down all his backfield. And he claimed back then that Nurglings had this ability. And I was like, I even looked at it like, are you high? I mean, really? Do you expect me to believe that? <laughs> yeah, you didn't eliminate the unit, so uh, they come fully healed in my command phase. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Get your Codex out. No way. But I don't have it with me. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> oh man. So now I read this and I go, oh my god, he was just ahead of his time. He was a prophet. Prophet of the Lord of Nurgle. <laughs> yeah, he probably stank just as bad with all the cheese that he ate. Uh, probably. Um, uh, this is a bad game. It's literally one of those games that just walked up and everybody's like, how did you lose? It's like, I got top start of fighting. You know, it's just like, enough. This game isn't worth it. So it was, mm -hmm. it was horrible. It's one of my least favorite games ever. Yep. And to round it all off, to make mm. you even more jealous of how durable these things are compared to your Talos, they have something called Gooey Demise. They literally can't explode. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's only three inches, and it's only one mortal wound, so it's like blowing up a, a killer can kind of thing, where it's a small explosion, but it's still just like, really? Yep. So they basically are Talos now. They're Nurgle Talos. Okay, there you go. If they get core and Talos don't, I'll be really mad. But anyway. And the last thing that they show off is actually the only Chaos Demon terrain piece that is the Feculent Naruma. I love the look of this model, but man, I would break off all the bits on that thing because it's so... Uh, what does it do now? Because it used to be super effective. In the, in the old so it's, it now has an aura, like an actual aura ability of Shroud of Flies, when a friend Legion's Demonica, so that's the new Nurgle unit, excluding vehicles and monsters, you can have a Nurgle vehicle. <laughs> what? I anyway. I assume like a 
Plague Burst Crawler? I don't know. Well, Maybe it's, soul, it's oh, soul, uh, soul Grinder. Okay, yeah, Legion's Demonic. Of, anyway, it's within six inches of the Gnarl Maw. Each, it's dense cover. Except okay. it's not... Except it's not sense cover. It's better than dense cover because it's just a minus one to hit. So you can't remove it if you can re- ignore cover. Oh, crap. Okay. And it's only six inches, but this thing is super wide, so you can get a big old tier anyway. And then it also has the Plague Bells Chime, which is a command phase. You can select one Plague Bearer unit with it. One Plague Bearer core unit. And it specifies infantry too. So at that point, I think I might have been right. The bloat flies might um, within six inches of it to be healed. If you do, you roll seven d six for each six. You return a model with all of its wounds. Hold on. So, any model or a? Well, no, it's it specifies plague bearer infantry. Okay. So at that point, it's only going to affect the normal foot troops. Okay. But it's still just like if so, you can't set it up in engagement range unless you're already in engagement range, that kind of thing. And you can only heal it once per turn. So it's not like you can go three gnarl maws and try to pick the same unit three times and just heal them up to full. No. All right, cool. And it's on a six, so it's not like on a four plus they come. No, but you're rolling seven of them, so you statistically you're guaranteed one a turn. Yeah, at least. So yeah, that's that's Nurgle. That's kind of annoying. Wow. wow. Yeah, shove that you know. It's- board center and then like you want the middle of the board come get it oh and because the fact of the drama is a faction terrain piece at that point you can put it down as a as a unit drop so you know exactly where it's going to go as long as it can fit because it's not that wide no it's really small it fits in your pocket so and then we go to crazy crazy zinch stuff himself hmm. time for change Yep, it, it actually scares me that they have a picture featuring the um, Mulex, the Mulith Vortex Beast. Because <laughs> mm. that thing looks cool, but I've never seen it on the table outside of like one bad game. It had a big uh, role in uh, Captain Marvel, though. Maybe. So the stat line that they show off are the Flamers. So the Flamers... Um, okay, I might have had the saves backwards. Cause I, anyway, so the Flamers are still movement 12. They have a weapon skill of 4 and a ballistic skill of 3. Shooting Zinch shooting army. They are strength five, toughness four, with three wounds, three attack. And they have a demon save of a six plus and a three. Hmm. So if I remember the saves right, yes. So I had the Plague Bearer ones mixed up. The Plague Bearers have a five up in melee and a four up in shooting. Shooting, so yeah, hopefully you can. Well, Eric, we lost connection on you. Sorry about that. There we go. So yeah, you're right. So especially with Zeech there, getting in close, it's like even more advantageous than getting into Assault with Tau. But a three-up in vault is shooting. Wow, that's like didn't think we'd ever see that. Yep, and they actually showed off the new flamers for them. They are assault D six plus three strength user minus two one so damage. Strength, strength five. Wow. Yeah, strength five flamers at twelve inches. Wow. And we already know from other rumors about their ability to deep strike with like complete impunity. So yep, and apparently the exalted flamer has an aura. That affects lamers with within six inches. It makes them strength six. Oh, all right. Winning all those elves on two. Awesome. Yep. And then we have the screamers. I still affectionately remember this model. Of this in one big apocalypse in a hum- old apocalypse game. A screamer was the thing that killed my tesseract vault, and then my tesseract vault exploded. So. That's a fond memory of that. Yeah, I can imagine that. What it did to the flyby attack. (laughs) Oh, no, no. My vault was on one wound, and it just flew straight up the tailpipe and just... (laughs) 
There we go. So just like uh, an Independence Day there. <laughs> yep. So the screamers, every time they advance, they advance and they can teleport anywhere on the table outside of nine. What? Yeah, that's um, that's the screamers. So it's not even a stratagem. You can pick them up every turn. Yeah. Well, granted, okay. They don't have a gun, and. Making a 9-inch charge is not easy, and I don't think Zeech has any ways to manipulate that as of now. They used to have some crazy dice mechanics. Yeah. Similar to Strands of Fate. But on the other hand, if you want to score some secondaries that require positioning, like behind enemy lines or even R&D. Oh, where am I now? I'm on the... Well, no, you've advanced. You can't do an action. Well, you still get behind enemy lines. That's not, that doesn't require mm-hmm. an action. Ugh, yep. that's not cool. And then... We actually get to see our first power for Zinch. I don't know if it's a psychic power. Oh, yeah, it is a psychic power. Okay. So, Gaze of Fate um, goes off on a 7. And if you if manifested at the end of the battle round, if the Psyker is on the battlefield, you can hold on to two of your Warp Storm points. So, that implies that Warp Storm points do fall off at Which the end of the round or whatever. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, mm. Yeah. So you either get a whole bunch of wounds and a whole bunch of high toughness with Nurgle, or you get incredibly sticky invulns from Zinch. Yeah. And Thunderkin. <laughs> I I mean, we can, we can talk about dwarves some more, but otherwise it's just a... um. <laughs> Like the reading, the other thing that they mentioned in the article about the horrors do in fact still split and they do in fact still need. Ooh, the Death Blossom is back. Yep. So you can have your 20 pink horrors and a single. <laughs> Isn't it something like, yeah, they, they just make a roll and then they, they, you don't, they, I know they don't have to do reinforcement points anymore. And, um, cause that was always the big issue with it last time. Well, no, in the article, it just specified that the horrors you do still need to pay reinforcement points splitting. Oh, you do? Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. I missed that. But otherwise, that's all of the newest new stuff that isn't Horus Heresy or, <laughs> or Necromunda. So, and for those folks at home, if you can believe it, we were looking at an event and we were trying to analyze the list accidentally for 30 minutes. Yeah. What list we... is that? Right here after the commercial break. How's that for a tease? <laughs> yep. That's Hey everyone, Eric from the Exterminatus Podcast to tell you about the Smite Club Open. That's right, coming up this September 10th and 11th at the Bellbank Park Fieldhouse in Mesa, Arizona. 128 players. We got six rounds, a ton of venues all around the particular area. To buy your tickets, you can get them at smiteclub40k.com backslash store. That's smiteclub40k.com backslash store. Tickets right now are $60, but if you wait uh, beyond August 10th, they do go back up to $70. So get your tickets now. If you've been to our Scorched Earth Open, expect even more from this particular event. Once again, Smite Club Open, September 10th and 11th. Hope to see you there. Are you a gamer that has more bare plastic than you have time to paint? Do paintbrushes spontaneously combust when you hold them? If either of these is true, contact White Crow Studios and get your models painted by a college-trained professional painter. You can contact Bo at whitecrow.commissions at gmail.com and view his previously painted models at White Crow Studios on Facebook. Hey listeners, this is Raymond with the Extreme Models Podcast here to talk to you about KR cases. If you're like me and you're constantly looking for that better way to store your armies, then look no further than KR cases. That's right, this is the foam company known for their soft blue foam in 
cardboard cases. They're a great way to mix and match whenever you're heading out for that next tournament. You can just swap out those boxes and no need to worry about switching the foam in and out. They're sturdy. The boxes help protect your models. And if you, when you order, they come fast. The order is right and for a better price than the other guy. So go to krcases.com and when you place your order, be sure to mention the Extreme House podcast. All right, we're back. And this time we're going to head to Salt Lake City for the Salt Lake Open. That's right. It took us 30 minutes to analyze this top, top five. Um, but we, you know what? We want to put our due diligence in. So, mm-hmm. so the top five, we have Derek Holder with Custodes. We have Evan Stump with Blood Angels. We have Matt Evans with High Fleet Behemoth. We have Scott Rumpel with Space Wolves. And at the top, we have a, a familiar name of Lee Harris in first place, who actually ended up tying Scott Rumpel in the last round. And the only reason why that we were having so much trouble reading his list is because of the fact that some of the changes that they have get lost in translation when we when we were doing the command point math, because it's Chaos Knights. It's complicated. Yeah, quite a few uh, oddballs here and there in terms of, you know, Changes that have occurred over the FAQs over time, points, you know, CP refunds for taking super heavy detachments. It's changed several times over. Yeah, it took us a little while to figure it out. It looked like he was at like minus 11 at one point, but nope, nope, we figured it out. Yep. Just go to school, kids. Do your math. Be, be good at counting stuffs. Yep. Stay in school. Always important. Uh, some other notables at this tournament uh, coming in eighth place. He actually lost to uh, Lee Harris in the first round of the uh, top cut. Rich Kilton, everybody's favorite war boss. And also in 14th place uh, with four wins, Chase Chapel. We talked about him in previous weeks. And he's starting to put Inari back on the map in terms of a uh, top competitive list. And interesting, Michael Mann, I don't know if it's the actual director of Miami Vice, but uh, he's playing Goffs, and that might be the future of Orcs moving forward. He just missed out. And uh, if you think the uh, Chaos Space Marine Codex is a one-trick pony, check out Colin K. He came in ninth place, five wins, uh, losing his last game with Night Lords. So take a look at that list. It might be another option for you. Yep. It was definitely a, a tough run. And for most people, they probably wouldn't be able to handle the variety that is in the top eight. I don't think we have any repeats of a faction in the top eight when I look at it. Because Orcs, Alpha Legion, Death Guard, Custodes, Blood Angels, Tyranids, Space Wolves, and Chaos. Two more notables that I forgot to bring up. So Marshall Peterson. So you may remember that name. We talked about he had been on a streak of winning 12 in a row. And then his last tournament, he won all five games or excuse me six games of that tournament with a perfect 100 points the streak has come to an end he's he after winning 16 in a row Mm -hmm. and scoring 199 89 and then 90 he suffered two losses of scoring only 58 points and 56 points yeah so and correction eric it was 199 89 and then 80 excuse me all right so i from chatting on the internet it looks like whether it was intentional or accidental, uh, Marshall might have accidentally read the Necron secondaries and had words put in the wrong place or something, but there's no way to prove that because we weren't there. So I think round five and six is when that 
oops, came back and bit him in the butt. Interesting. Again, that's just internet talk. Take it with a grain of salt. We weren't there, so we can't. Right. So once again, kids, stay in school. Learn to read. Math's important, too. All righty. So I think because of the fact that we accidentally ate up a lot of time, I think we might have room for one more event on the docket. We do. And give me one second. We are going to, I believe it's Gem Hammer in Dayton, Ohio. America's Heartland. Looking at our top five there. Yep. So we got Garrett Stacy with Adeptus Sororitas. We have Nathan Good. Can we just pronounce Good? I think it's Gould, but I'm not sure. Anyway, I'm going to say Good because Nathan. Anyway, Black Templars with him, Roland Hubert with Brenton Weiss, Asiriani, and then Joshua Minnick with Tyranids showing that. Even though the bugs have gotten hit with a hammer, they do their best impersonation of old One-Eye and just stand back up again. <laughs> so, taking an initial look at his list, it's a it's a high fleet that we haven't seen very often. It's um, Yormungand. Oh, Jumanji! <laughs> yep, as Eric always calls it. So, uh, uh, yep, Yormungander. So we have Tyrant Guard and Zone Thropes taking up no force orc slots because I'm Neurothrope and Hive Tyrant allows them to not. Speaking of Hive Tyrant, Neurothrope, and then a second. Then we have 10, 20, yeah, 20 Gargoyles, a unit of 10 Hormagon, two Lictors, two units of four Zone Thropes. That is a psychic battery if I ever saw one. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, oh god. He has 12 zones. Those things are a pain in the butt to kill, too. Yeah, because they have three of invulnerable saves. Speaking of Zeech. Yep. He has the Parasite of Mortrix, and then he has a unit of five Raveners, a single unit of Biro, and a Spore Assist. Yep. I played against something like this the other day with our co-captain, Matt Baugh. Did you know how annoying Spore Mines are? Not in a long time, because the last time I played them was probably 6th edition. When they had the when Zach used to run like six biovores and just flood the table with these things. Well, that's what three biovores and a spore assist can do. <sighs> yep. So for those of you that aren't familiar with the table zit that is a spore, it is a fortification and it can set up something like a full unit of three or six spore mines within eighteen inches of it or something. And then the biovore can just lob um Spore mines, something like 48, and yeah, they can just... And the thing about it is they actually want to miss, because they don't really do a lot of damage when they hit you, but what happens then is now they, if you get too close to... I forgot what the range is now. Is it actually engagement range, or is it still three inches? Three inches. So once you get within three inches, they uh, explode on you, causing mortal wounds. So it's not even a shooting attack that spawns the spore mine, so... The Spore Mine Launcher, if you use it as a gun, is 48 inches of D3 shots, and it can target non-LOS. If you score a hit, the unit that you shot at takes one mortal wound. whoop do you So then it's more of the action for the bio, because the actions have a Spore Mine action that you set up a friendly unit of D3 Spore Mine for each, well, of D3 Mines for each biovore in the unit. So if you have three biovores perform the action at the start of the shooting phase and at the end of the shooting phase you set down anywhere from three up to nine spore mines in a single unit anywhere within 48 inches of the biovores wow yeah that was really annoying my my night rampager got stuck behind a wall of like 18 of these things that does not sound fun nope no it was not but 
it definitely can win you games because of the fact that it can just table block and you can walk forward and hold objectives a lot. Your opponent can't go play. Nasty, nasty stuff. All right. So as I mentioned, we're a little short on time this week, but then let's let's have lots of content. So talked about the previews, talked about a couple key um, tournaments from this past week, but a lot of movement. I'm trying to, as I'm going through some of these new names in the ITC top 10, I'm trying to think, are these some late scores? Because we cover some of these events, and I'm like, where did this guy come from? But anyway, uh, it's not quite as British as it used to look, but uh, the IC Top 10 has changed quite a bit. Let's take a look. In 10th place, we have Sam Procopio. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, Sam. He jumps into 10th place. He looks like he is mostly in the Midwest area. He was was at the Salt Lake City GT, where he came in second. Grinning Demon Series, which I believe is in Canada. First place, Capital City. Yeah, he's Canadian. There we go. Uh, Capital City Bloodbath is third place. He was at the WTC Warmaster General. He came in sixth. With, and Motor City Mayhem came in sixth as well. All his events with Blood Angels. So making a splash with some Arm of Contempt. Yes, and very angry looking for Horus, I guess. I guess so. In ninth place, a, very, a, a popular name we talk about, but first time we've seen him in the top 10 all season long, John Lennon. Uh, he comes in ninth place, Brad Chester in eighth, Anthony Vanilla in seventh, Ennis Wilson drops down to sixth, Thomas Ogden up to fifth place, Jack Harpster, another Art of War uh, member, jumps into fourth place, and then top three still remains all from England, number three, Manny Chima, number two, Vic Vijay, David Gaylord taking over the top spot and holding on to it now for his second week. So very interesting to see some of these, uh, some popular names kind of work their way through. Now that WTC is over, I have a feeling that some of those guys will now shift back to individual event lists and uh, start taking the Nephilim by storm. And this was your weekend while everybody, though those guys were still resting and or recuperating from traveling back from Europe. This was the weekend to get some points because they weren't there. Yeah, we all know it's short lived because it definitely looks like the WTC score was what propelled a lot of people forward because John Lennon's last uh, event was, in fact, the WTC. And looking at his stuff, I think it was actually, yeah, it was his. <laughs> lowest scoring event ever but that's also the nature of the team event i mean maybe your role is to you know scrape as many points as you're going to take all the bad matchups and then look at me i, I scored a i lost but i scored nine points in the loss you know make forcing the opponent to get an 11-9 win as opposed to a 20 zil so you never know yeah that entire thing and then the other aow members are anthony vanilla brad chester jack harpstery so a lot of the Art of War guys are starting to come back into their their circle of individual performance, which is where most of them perform it. And I really do want to see this season become another kind of cat and mouse game of who can hold the spot by like four or five. Because yeah, David is obviously over 40 points. Well, just under 40 points. I can do math, kids. <laughs> Stay in school. But still. Couple, yeah. Couple names from weeks past. Where are they now? Uh, Britton Weiss. We talked about him this week. He was in tournament action, coming in second. Uh, he's in eleventh place. Matt Robertson dropped down the twelfth from the show. Colin McDade's in thirteenth. Uh, Anthony Birdsong dropped down the fourteenth. Uh, Marshall Peterson talked about him. He's in fifteenth place on the way up. 
And then uh, Mike Porter, who we talked about, down to 23rd. And just above him at 22nd place with James Keeling of Goonhammer fame. So very interesting to see some of these kind of shifting around here, especially with the new season. Curious to see what new names can take advantage of this. Because, again, it's, it's your best five events. So if you did good uh in the if not one you still get points for that but now's your chance to kind of a rate you can offset some of those bad games from not one in the nephilim season yep and a name that we actually talked about tonight harris is actually 51st correct so kind of exciting to see that he's sitting somewhere in the top 100 players but otherwise i don't know when we'll be able to see him again because i don't know if he's going to be making it out to smite club open He's not bought a ticket, but you can. So those tickets are still available. Hit us up on on the website, and uh, you'll hear the ad in this particular podcast. We still have quite a few tickets uh, available. Uh, Right now, we're sitting pretty nice here at 65 players. So uh, nice, healthy turnout. We're looking to help, looking excited for it, but we've got room for a lot more. So um, get your tickets while you can. Yep. But otherwise, I don't have anything else to add on tonight, Eric. Yeah, next week we'll start our Nova preview. So uh, apparently it was just announced today that uh, Games Workshop will be doing a massive uh, preview at Nova. So I'll be very curious to see what they have in store for us because we've kind of been without a roadmap uh, for quite some time when it comes to 40K products. So I'd be curious to see what's in the pipeline for the next few months. Calling it right now. Demon Primark Fulgrim. I don't care if it's within the same year. Demon Primark Fulgrim. Really? Yep, you can call me a liar. But we have Angron, and they might as well give us Fulgrim. They're so far behind. <laughs> so I'm thinking that the Fane box set, where you get the other half of the Primaris Marines that were supposed to come out. Eh, I mean, for all we know, they could also give us like a some super leagues of Votan character who has a 2-up armor save and a 2-up invul and can't be modified. Woo! One of his names, Lino. No, Schnarf. <laughs> Thunder Kid. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh my god, I'm never going to be able to live that down. And how small are those things? Because they're supposed to be dwarves. Are they like on a 28 millimeter base? 28 or 32, probably. Okay, so I was looking at that. I was like, how small are these things? <laughs> if it's a 25 millimeter base army, oh man, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> so, so mad. All right. I think we've uh, made the most of our punchiness for this particular evening. The software seems to be holding still. Uh, I promise, I guess, I will catch up to the uh, on our Facebook page with the updated standings. I know I missed it last week. Things got a little crazy um, uh, at work. So I'll be able to update that later this week. In the meantime, my name's Eric. I'm Robert. And this has been the Exterminus Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah.